Hello, Red Tails. Welcome back to the another episode of the Spitfire Podcast. I'm your host, Technical Sergeant Freddie Kincaid. Today, I have a special guest. I'm joined with Lieutenant Isan Bukatai. How's it going today, sir? Doing well. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here, sir. Um, one of the like I, I know I say this every week, but I've been extremely excited to talk to you about this from the second you, you agreed to come on, I guess. And I've so face to face, we've known each other for about five months now. And one of the things that's always stood out to me about you is just how thoughtful you are with a lot of your responses. You take time. You really display a lot of uh, emotional intelligence. And even from the mutual friend we have who told me about you long before we ever met face-to-face, I knew that was something that was shining through. So um, I'm excited that we've had this much time together, and I'm definitely excited to have this conversation. I appreciate it. Thank you. So before we go into getting into all of our questions, let's talk a little bit about you. Where are you from? Uh, so uh, I'm from many places, but uh, to be brief, um, I was I was born in New York, Brooklyn, mm-hmm. New York. And uh, when I was young, I moved to uh, Patterson, New Jersey. Um, so for any of the listeners that are from Jersey, you're. <laughs> oh, goodness. Uh, <laughs> um, and then shortly after that, uh, I lived in Clifton for, for most of my life. So okay, that's where I rep. So for Clifton, since you spent most of your life there, what was your community like there? You know what? Um, it was it was nice. Um, mm-hmm. So Clifton, from from where it where it was when I first moved there to where it is now, um, it's a lot more diverse. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up with the luxury of being able to, you know, drive a mile or two to get a shawarma sandwich, you know, because right. it was pretty nice. So um, definitely very diverse. Um, and, you know, that helped me uh, really connect with my identity as, as a Muslim uh, and as, as an Arab American as well. So um, definitely love my, my hometown. So That's yeah. very cool. And just as far as being <laughs> in the Air Force, one of the things that was another thing that was so cool to me about you is that you're in and i've been in the air force for about 10 years you're literally the first arab american male um arab american muslim male that i've ever met mm-hmm. so um we we started having this podcast um it's one of the, something that chief fusilier started and he li- he liked talking about diversity and inclusion a lot and over the past few weeks a lot of people have heard me have conversations with people from different groups so to be able to talk to you, this is, like I said, this is why this is so exciting for me. And I'm sure a lot of other people who are excited about this initiative are excited as well. So you, you talked about living in Clifton and, you know, you could drive a mile or two down the road to get a, a shawarma sandwich. And so I think there was a lot of, um, a lot of uh, other Muslim representation in your community. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, so uh, right next door, so where, where I, I first started out was Patterson, New Jersey, and that's... Right. Um, pretty much a melting pot. The the community is uh, is predominantly um, black, Hispanic, and Arabs. Mm-hmm. Um, so growing up, you know, it was, it was really easy to fit in. It was really um, easy to get along with people. Um, and, and I and I mentioned that it it changed. Um, so when I moved to Clifton, my dad basically um, started making a little bit more money. So we moved to Clifton to get to a safer um, neighborhood because Patterson wasn't wasn't the best. Um, when it came to safety so um at first it was it was kind of difficult um you know i was i was one of a few Mm -hmm. um arabs there muslims um i got picked on a lot right Mm -hmm. Uh, one of the 
one of the names I got it was pretty. Now that I think of it, it was, was kind of, I guess, clever, but not really. Um, was Osama bin Laden? That was one. Um, you know, I got told to go back home, even though I was born here, right? So, right. A lot of those things, um, I laugh about them today, but um, you know, they've they've changed, and, and, and the community has has definitely changed since I've grown up, right? I've, I graduated high school in Clifton, and um, it's definitely changed from when I first got there. So. Um, a lot more diverse um, and a lot more accepting right now and that's amazing and I mean mm-hmm. and we we always talk about progress and we know it's not gonna be overnight so it's, it's definitely good for you to look back at the place you call home and to know that it's so much better off than what you left it sure. and, and, and you talked about like as far as the um, the way people looked at you um, back then so you're you're a very young CGO very young man so we talk about we we often joke about some people in my circle is there are airmen today who like don't remember um like hearing about 911 like and we's like it's, it's crazy to know that there are people that are that young serving so for you to be as young of a man as you are what was it like growing up as uh, a young man a young arab american man in post 911 america and at that time growing up did serving in the air force seem like it was something that would even be in the realm of possibilities um, you know, 9-11 was, was a difficult time for everyone, right? It was, it was one of the worst days in American history. Um, but what people don't realize is, is 9-11 was probably the worst day um, for Muslims all across the world. Um, there was a lot of hate that came with it. Um, there was a lot of worry, a lot of threats. Um, I remember, you know, um, I remember my mom not letting us leave the house afterwards, um, because she was afraid that we might get hurt or something like that, you know, as children. Um, you know, I've I've seen my mom get attacked before, right? She's, you know, some random lady walked up to her one day and just ripped her, um, ripped her hijab off, her scarf. Um, so, yeah, 9-11 w- was, was definitely a hard time for a lot of Muslims uh, all over the world, really. Um, and, and growing up, you know, you kind of... You know, being a young young kid during that era, you kind of grew up with, you know, the wrong perception, right? Um, you know, you grew up thinking you're the bad guy, because that's really what you hear, right, in the news and especially in the media, right? Like, I, not not so much from from people. I mean, you've got your bad apples here and there, but um, especially in the way you're portrayed in the media, the only time you hear about Muslims is if there's you know an attack or a bombing or um, you know something negative so you grow up thinking that damn like you know I must be I must be bad since everyone thinks this way of me right um, so it's it's very important to have that representation um, you know and, and see see you in a more positive light because it, it helps you grow and and you know want to become something better um, and then you asked a, a question about uh, what I thought of the Air Force? Yes, sir. Up. Did it seem like at that time and growing up with, with you saying like you not having a clear understanding um, of I guess your own identity because mm-hmm. of how um, people may have portrayed you in the media or people that look like you in the media? Mm-hmm. Did serving in the Air Force ever seem like it was something that would be in the realm of possibilities? You know, at first probably not, just because there there is a huge um, stigma in, in the Muslim community, right? That you know that 
America's at war with with Muslims or whatever the case may be, you know, given our our, our past um, in some Muslim pre- predominantly Muslim countries. But you know, I've I've read up on things and, and I understand that that's not really the case, right? It's 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 more of it's more of a political thing and more of a um, other reasons than just you know war on Islam. I don't think that's the issue. Um, so growing up, I kind of had that that feeling that like okay, like this might not be the best place for me because like no one's gonna like me, no one's gonna accept me. Right. Um, but you know, a- as I grew older um, and, and matured, I realized that I have um, I have a gift, and you know the best way to share it is is through the Air Force, right? Because the Air Force gives you that ability to to lead and to 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 mature and and incorporate discipline in your, in your life um and i thought it was it was a great fit for me um and and as i've as i've grown in the air force right, i've only been in three years um but I've, I've grown so much in the past three years and and i've learned that a lot of the things that i thought um aren't the truth right it's you know w- when you're in an organization um that basically um it's called like thrives mm-hmm. on diversity um, right I, I definitely think that um it it definitely helped change my perception um, because you know I've met so many different people from different backgrounds and it, it's opened my perception I'm sure it's done the same for many of our servicemen as well definitely and 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 women um, but yeah so last <laughs> week I had technical sergeant uh, Tiffany Carey here. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely shout out to Sergeant Carey if she's listening. And we talked about pride. And one of the big things that we keyed in on was allyship. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to ask you a similar question. What does being an ally mean to you? You know, being being a minority in America, um, you kind of you kind of understand some of the things that some of the other minorities go through, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've grown up, um, like I told you, being in a predominantly black, Hispanic, um, Arab community. So, um, you know, I got to know a lot of a lot of my black brothers and sisters and my Hispanic brothers and sisters, and I got to understand some of their struggles. Um, and, you know, given that we're all, you know, we all have our struggles, you know, we should be understanding of other people's struggles. Right. Right. So... I find it that it's 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 kind of my responsibility to be an ally to to people that are being oppressed or people that are being discriminated against or people just you know aren't getting the justice they deserve. Um, so, you know, it's kind of a, a responsibility that we all have, right? Not only as a minority, but as a human being. If if, right. if you see someone who's who's not being treated fairly, um, you should speak up and and be an ally to them, right? Um, and especially with you know the recent events in America, right? You, we 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 can tell that there's an issue there, right? Um, with George Floyd and all these senseless killings, um, you know you can't deny that there's something wrong. Right. And you just sometimes it just takes being an ally and being supportive and and trying to get that cause um, of justice to the forefront. Absolutely, sir. And I, I definitely think that speaks to one of the roles or the roles you have here, one of the hats you wear here um, while you're signed to the 332nd. Um, for anyone that doesn't know, you're the co-chair for the Diversity and Inclusion Council. And I, for anyone that was there, I think there was a um, 
there was a Black History Month event and you spoke to um, you spoke to just um, speaking out and being empathetic towards people. And I think that was one of the things that impressed a lot of people. But aside from that, how did you come to find yourself as the co-chair of the DNI Council? You know, it wasn't intentional at all. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, as, as you said, um, you know, I, I, I kind of gave my perspective mm -hmm. of, of what diversity and inclusion meant to me. And um, it resonated with some people. And, and some of those people were the, the chair at the time, the, the chair and co-chair at the time. And they approached me and said, hey, uh, um, what do you think about joining our team? And, you know, I had to think about it for a little bit because I didn't know if, if, if I was ready to be that, you know, be at the, at the, at the front lines of that, right? Because mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's definitely a difficult conversation to have. Absolutely. Um, but after thinking about it for a little bit, you know, I was like, you know what, like, this, is, this is an opportunity to, to educate and to, you know, basically be that voice that I've always wanted to be. Um, you know, and, and I understand that not I'm not perfect and I'm not as knowledgeable that as you know some scholars are, but um, I'm going to try my damn best, right? And, and given my my uh, my history and my my struggles growing up, like I can I can use that to kind of help um, and aid in, in in moving the conversation forward. So right, and that's why I took that on, and, and I thought, and I've I've loved it ever since. You know? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So prior to um, so prior to actually being in the chair, obviously there had to be a um, a little bit of a passion there for you, and that's kind of what drove the uh, words come out of you. So why is this initiative so important to you? I think it's necess necessary, right? Mm -hmm. And and um, it's upsetting when I hear people say that it's it's not. Um, so so I want to prove that it is, right? Because you know, let's break it up, right? Like diversity, you. I feel like you can't have growth without diversity, you know, whether that's diversity of thought or diversity of, you know, just the different people in the room. Right. Um, you know, if you're not hearing a different perspective, you're just going to have an organization of groupthink um, and you're not going to get better. Um, I think every single person here, you know, has a role and has something to give. And if we don't afford them that opportunity to share that, um, we're only doing a dis disjustice to us, a disservice to ourselves. For sure. Um, and when it comes to inclusion, right, that's that's something that I'm very passionate about. Right. right? Um, you know, bringing people to the table, you know, paying it forward, um, having everybody's voice heard. Um, you know, it's it means a lot. It means a lot, definitely. Um, you know, for just me growing up, like seeing someone. A Muslim in the news in a pot being portrayed in a positive light that that meant the world to me right right because I was so used to seeing so much negativity when it came to to Islam right it's like it's like this disease but when I see stuff like that like it makes me it makes me motivated it makes me want to do something it makes me want to change it makes me want to become a better um, human being and a better citizen um, right so so I think if we work on that, if we include people, if everyone feels respected and included, um, I think that's how you're going to have a strong organization. And, you know, to get to the point that we are uh, as, as the United States Air Force, one of the, str the strongest Air Force in the world, right? Um, I think you need that. Hey, I mean, that's incredible. 
And it's like you said, it's, it's it's nice to know that you like internalize those um, values and those concepts. And I mean, it really shows through and you being in front of people and that's the type of things that really motivates people to come out and say like, hey, like you said, this is necessary, this is important. So you and I, we got the pleasure of being on a, a three hour car ride together one day. Yeah, we did. <laughs> we talked a lot about <laughs> leadership. And one of the things that stood out to me, and it was really profound, you talked about uh, being a leader, and uh, you talked about when it comes to speaking and standing up for people, um, you know, some people are too nervous or afraid to stand up and speak out for people. But you talked about being a leader, it's your responsibility, like not something you want to do, not something you feel like you should do, but mm -hmm. it's legitimately your responsibility to stand up and be that voice. So what inspired you to be that voice for people, not only your peers or subordinates, but anybody? I think there's, there's a lot of responsibilities that, come, that are inherent with being a leader. Um, as a leader, you're given a platform. You're given a following. And with that, you have the responsibility to take care of those people. Um, and, you know, in, as a young CGO, like I've seen how, how useless a, a quote-unquote leader can be, right? A, a, let's say an officer, right? The, the NCOs, the airmen uh, in the Air Force can run this thing by themselves, right? The only thing that we're useful for is our positions and, and how we can advocate, right? Because we are given a position of authority and a position where we can impact, right? Where we can make change, where we can set the tone. Um, so yeah, I, I do believe it's our responsibility because we're given that that role um, to use it in in a moral and um, an inspirational way, right? And and I think I th I think that helps you lead a little bit more effectively too. Like when you see that when when your uh, followers see that you support them wholeheartedly and that you advocate for them, right? Um, that respect is there, right? And that's that's really the difference between a manager and a leader is is that your followers respect you and that they're willing to follow you wherever you go. So, yeah, you're given that platform, use it, man. No, I 100% agree. And, and, and so you talked about being a leader and you um, just talked, you kind of spoke to uh, just being great in your role. And um, going back to the first day you and I met, well, not the first day we met, but one of those Black History Month conversations, there was a senior NCO at the table who talked about um, he spoke about the, Tuske the Tuskegee Airmen, excuse me, and he talked about uh, the pressure to be excellent with them being such a small group and being charged with such a, an important mission. So with you, so something I didn't know until I started doing a little bit of research is that less than half percent of all, of all airmen, excuse me, are Muslim. Is there any added pressure on you to be excellent, knowing that you're a part of such a small demographic? Uh, short answer is yes. Um, but I think that's with any uh, any minority, right? Because you're you're the few, so you you definitely want to represent proudly and represent well. Um, especially in my faith, you know, we're we're kind of taught to to be um, examples in society, mm -hmm. right? We're we're taught to be to be advocates, um, to be advocates of justice, um, to take care of your neighbors, you know, smile when you see people like you're not supposed to be um someone who's just not 
you know, hated or something like that. Like you're supposed to be right. a good person and you're supposed to uh, bring Islam to have a good perception of Islam, right? Because mm-hmm. um, at the end of the day, like relig- a lot of religions are beautiful, right? Um, the purpose of religion, I, I would argue any religion, is to live morally and live a good life, right? And be a good human being. That's, that's what it's all about. Um, doesn't matter if you're Jewish, Christian, Muslim, Buddhist. Um, your t- most the teachings are gonna be to be a good person. Um, so I, I there's already inherent pressure from that, just trying to be a good Muslim, and then um, obviously being in the Air Force and being a leader as well. Um, there's a little bit of added pressure. So I try my best. I try my best. I'm, I make mistakes. I'm young. You know, there's there's sometimes where you know I'm like, oh man, I sh- probably shouldn't have said that or whatever but you know it's it's all about the journey and and becoming better and learning from your mistakes and you know and that pressure kind of subsides as as long as you're you know trying your best and and that's what i try to do every day hey and that's amazing sir so so um and i (laughs) i almost hate to keep referencing it but like i said the day that was probably the most impactful and that set you and i on a um on a um on a roll was that Black History Month conversation. And when talking about that, uh, talking about something like Black History Month, I referenced Pride with Sergeant Kerry. Those are different things where people are a part of different minority groups and it's easy to sort of find a community with uh, those different groups of people. With you being to such a small demographic in the Air Force, do you think your faith has ever affected your ability to find community in the Air Force? You know what, not. Not really. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, the Air Force, like I said, it you've you've got such a diverse group of folks where you can kind of take things here and there that that relate to you, um, and you can kind of just go with it. Um, yes, there. You know, you mentioned there's only half a percent of Muslims in the military, um, so I I wouldn't necessarily. Um, have that in common with everyone, you know, mm-hmm. just just sharing the same faith. But that's not that's only, you know, a small segment of life, right? Um, you know, I, I relate through other other things and right. Um, just trying to be a good person. I think that you can being a good person can be translated in any language, Absolutely. right, or any religion. So um, as long as you're respectful to people and kind, um, I think people are gonna gravitate towards you. Um, so I, I try to keep that in the back of my mind. Just mm-hmm. be kind of be people, be respectful towards people, even if you don't understand them. Um, have an open ear, right? You don't have to agree with everyone, but just be understanding and, and, and listen to them, right? Because they might have a perspective that you didn't think of. And, right. you know, um, and it helps you bond with that person a little bit more and connect with, with a person. And especially when you're uh, in the position of a leader, you kind of have to be relatable. Right. Otherwise, you can't lead effectively. So, um, it's it's definitely my the the principles that I hold to hold dearly to myself about being a good person, being respectful, have definitely helped me in my professional life and, and in my personal life as well, um, in the Air Force and, and outside the Air Force. So, to answer your your question short, yeah, um, yeah, I definitely feel like it hasn't been a hindrance at all. I think it's only helped me. And something that something you just said is you being able to relate to people in other ways 
It's something very similar that, to something that Captain Jordan said on the second episode of this when he and I talked, and we talked a little bit about Juneteenth. For With all the differences that we have out there, whether it be skin color, faith, gender, orientation, whatever, um, we're all a whole lot more alike than we are different. So still being able to find that sense of community, um, aside from religion, that's still an amazing thing. And yes, something you and I, we kind of connect and we can laugh about is having uh, role models. And so I wanted to ask, do you have any role models in the Air Force? And if so, who? Uh, you know, it's funny you bring that up because one day I was like scrolling through Facebook and you know this, this video from Scott Air Force Base pops up um, and it's basically highlighting this outstanding airman who happens to be Captain Mesa Uza, who we both know, um, who happens to be a, a hijabi, meaning she wears the, the scarf, uh, the Islamic scarf. And, you know, for me, that was astounding, right? Because I've never seen that before. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because you almost think like, you know, uh, the military and Islam are like dying dynamically opposed right but that's that's really not the case um so to see her in that light and to see her being praised in a way right for being an outstanding airman um that filled me up with joy right because like i told you before like anytime I, i i hear about islam it's something negative um so that made me giddy, and I was like, the first thing I did was like, I was just like going in their DMs, like, hey, like, <laughs> right. I was like, hey, I just saw your video, like, thank you so much, you're you're amazing, you're such a role model and stuff like that, and she is the sweetest person. Um, I got to have a conversation with her after that, and we we scheduled a video call, and you know, she's she's an amazing person, um, and you know, to see that all the hate that she's gotten and, and 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 it's it's both it's i think it's equal there's hate and and positivity to be honest right. and for her to still be positive and for her to still like bear her faith um proudly um while accepting while uh, being proud of her her uh her americanness i guess for lack of a better word right um you know it was inspiring to me and i'm sure it's going to be inspiring for a lot of boys and girls um after us so, for sure yeah she's she's definitely a role model for me and yeah, no uh, captain oza for anyone if you ever get a chance if you want to see someone that's truly unapologetic and is very positive and is just a, a ray of sunshine <laughs> i would definitely encourage you to look her up and look up her story she's outstanding so but as we get towards the end of the show, I wanted to, there are a few things I just wanted to ask you. Sure. Uh, like I said, we've known each other for five months now, and we're almost at the end of this uh, rotation. What moment has stood out the most to you? Because we've had a lot of conversations. We've had the privilege of being here and seeing a lot of different uh, DVs come and speak to us mm-hmm. in a closed setting. Which moment has been the most profound to you? You know, I, I, I thought of this, and I, I couldn't single out a single moment, but I would say the experience itself. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is my first deployment. Um, and the experience has been crazy, right? Um, I've never I've never witnessed leadership being so on board and being so, uh, 
I don't want to say aggressive, but almost, you know, like chanting our, you know, our red tail history and our heritage as much as I've seen here, right? Normally, back home, like you, you'll see leaders, when it comes to the topic of DNI, um, you'll see leaders, you know, just join because it's what is expected of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's more of a publicity thing. Um, at least that's what it seems like. Um, right. But here it just feels so genuine. It's authentic. It it definitely feels authentic, and that was very refreshing to me because I've I've never, I've always felt like, you know, military and like social issues and stuff like that. They always have to be opposed. Right. But it, I feel like it's such a disservice because we're all human beings at the end of the day, and a lot of these issues affect us, right. whether you're an airman or not. Like it's gonna affect you. So. Um, I love, 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 love that our leadership is so behind us, um, especially serving on, on, the, on the council. Um, I've gotten nothing but support. And then on the religion side, uh, the chapel has been amazing, man. I've, I've never expected it to be this great. Like when I first got here, you know, I was having some issues trying to, you know, trying to find a place to, to pray, right? Because as a Muslim, you're supposed to be praying five times a day, and it's kind of difficult to do. Um, especially when you're in a small little ROB with 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 a roommate that you don't want you know force your your routine on. Um, so I, I went up to them and was like, "Hey guys, do you do you have a space that I can use?" And like within seconds, they're like, "Of course, of course!" And they helped me so much. And um, the chaplain would take me to the mosque um, whenever he would go. And um, I've got nothing but support since I've been here. And you know, to to come and they're not even Muslim, right? So so just to right. get that much love. Um, has really warmed my heart and has really changed my perception a lot. Um, and, I, and I definitely um, think that the Air Force might be a permanent home for me um, if, if it stays this way because, you know, I've, I've gotten nothing but love and support um, since I've been out here. So That's amazing. I'm actually, like, I'm literally learning this right now. And, mm-hmm. you know, we sit a couple feet away from each other. Not a couple feet, but a couple <laughs> thousand feet away from each other. But, wow, that's amazing. I really didn't know that. And so to so to wrap things up, um, and I, I ask this week after week, uh, you know, when we first get here, uh, when we're doing our first newcomers brief, um, you know, the commander will say, this is your chance to write your chapter in Red Tail history. So I'm asking you, what will yours say? And are you happy with it? Um, just the, the kind of person I am, I always feel like there's a little bit more left. Um, right. But I'm, I'm definitely proud of, of what our council has done. You know, you, you're on the council as well, and you've done so many great things, including, you know, taking on this podcast and, and really getting into those crucial conversations with people and understanding, you know, what makes them them. Um, so I think it's it's stuff like this that, that really makes all of this worth it. Um, and, and I'm proud. I'm, I'm honestly proud of the accomplishments we've had um, since we've been out here, and, and I'm I'm proud to see all the stuff that you've done, especially with this and, and some of the other things that you've done. Um, I can't count on it on my hands, but um, I, I think we've we've left a great example um, for the next rotation, and, and I hope they take it and just make it even greater. <laughs> no, I, I definitely hope we've written the playbook for them, so I definitely agree with you on that. Absolutely. Yes, sir. And the last thing I'll ask you is when you've hung up your uniform and, you know, General Bukatai is all done with the Air Force, (laughs) (laughs) what do you want your legacy to be? 
you know I think we've 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 talked about this before but you know I don't measure my successes um, with accolades or with awards um, I measure it with with the respect I've earned um, particularly with my airmen right um, being being a leader you know I have the opportunity to impact a lot of lives um, and I hope that through every command or, or position that I take that you know I I leave a good impression behind and at least I've, I've made their lives slightly better um, and if I can do that I think that's that's a good enough legacy for me just to because you know awards and accolades they last a year or so um, but right. words they last a lifetime right impressions last a lifetime so so I really hope I can I can leave a, a good uh, impression on people and, and hopefully make their lives a little better that's amazing and I definitely think just with you the uh, type of person leader uh, change agent you are I definitely think you will be and it's funny um, because as far as talking about your role model I actually had a conversation with your role model a little bit ago okay and she's had this to say Isam first contacted me in April of last year and I was immediately so impressed by him by his character, his commitment to service, his willingness to make a difference in the world. And as a Muslim woman, I believe in the power of representation. Esam is paving the way for others to join him. It brings me great pride and joy to see someone like Esam represent people of color. So That means a lot. <laughs> right. No, I was uh I was definitely astounded too. I was like smiling like she said it to me when I read it. <laughs> but I I definitely just thank you for being the leader you are and I hope that like with everyone else that is a part of a conversation, hears these words or, you know, leads the conversations. I hope that your time here is giving you the tools to be able to go wherever you are into the world and keep these conversations going because it's so important. I appreciate you, man. That was uh, that was very thoughtful of you, so I appreciate you doing that. Oh, no, of course. And thanks, Mesa, if you ever hear this. So, no, she will. <laughs> so... Uh, as before we uh, go ahead and sign off, do you have anything else to say? No. Uh, I, hey, Fred, um, I appreciate every everything that you're doing. You're doing a great job. I've been listening to these podcasts, and they've been getting better and better every single time. And um, thank you, because honestly, this is this is how you impact change is by having these conversations. So, um, thank you for inviting me. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to to share my voice. And and I hope, um, you know, the next rotation can take this on and then share even more voices. You know, because that's what it's all about. Absolutely. And with you even giving me credit, I definitely have to thank Captain Durfell. I definitely have to thank uh, Sergeant Jamie Spalding, who me and him, we're kicking it here week after week. So <laughs> I definitely have to thank all of them. So Red Tails, as we go ahead and sign off, I'd like to thank you for listening to another episode of the Spitfire Podcast. Spitfire Red Tails. <laughs>